Stories Podcast, your number one show for everything guitar. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Guitar Stories, episode number 64. Hi, Dan. Hello, Andy, and welcome, everyone, to this very special episode. How are you, Andy? Really good. Really good. Been playing lots of guitar. Been playing lots of pedals and all kinds of things. Been having a really good guitar time. I felt I went off it a little bit at the beginning of the year, and now I'm back, and I'm excited, and every time I pick up a guitar, I feel reinvigorated, and, um, and that's a good place to be. Absolutely. How about yourself? I feel, I feel pretty much the same. I spent, like, last night spending hours uh, learning the new uh, Black Summer song from Red Chili Peppers. Uh, digging that a lot. <laughs> we talked about that. That's the song yeah. we actually wanted to talk yeah. about but never really got to talk about. Uh, a lot of, like, uh, embellishments and intricate parts that, that aren't necessarily to be heard when you first hear it, but uh, I'm really digging the vibe and, you know, I, I like those songs that kind of make me grab a guitar and, and try to play, it, play along with it. So, having a good time, too. Good. That's nice. I'm excited about our guest this evening. Yes. Now, uh, Simon, his, his surname, do you want to pronounce it as the you know resident native German speaker? Yeah, well, his first name would also be uh, pronounced oh, differently, Simon, right? Yeah. Uh, Simon, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Simon Gulf. Gulf. He's okay, our guest. I did get it right then. I kind of got it right. He's our guest. He is from Guitar Point. We're going to bring him in in just a moment. Dan, I believe you've prepared a little sort of introduction for Simon. That is correct. That's correct. I hope I uh, do him justice. Do you want me to start with it? Yeah, why not? All right. So, our guest today is uh, Simon Galf, or Simon Galf, guitarist, daddy of three kids. By the way, congratulations on number three, named Sam. And he's also managing director at Guitar Point Maintar. Simon grew a reputation as a custom shop expert in his days as a guitar purchasing manager at Session in Frankfurt, Germany, where he used to visit the big American custom shops multiple times and got to spec dozens of high-end guitars for his customers. Simon would later move on and join the team at Guitar Point Maintar, honing his skills as a vintage guitar expert under Guitar Point's founder, Detlef Alder. Three years ago, he followed in Detlef's footsteps and became the new managing director at Guitar Point and is now running one of the world's most renowned vintage guitar shops in the world, welcoming the likes of Joe Bonamassa or Billy Gibbons as regular customers. In his role, Simon also gets to travel the world and has picked up countless Gibson Bursts and early Fenders, sometimes buying a plane ticket not just for him, but also for the guitar. And most importantly, Simon is an acclaimed guitarist himself who doesn't shy away from using vintage gear on stage. So it's a great pleasure to have him on the show and talk about his experiences in the vintage guitar world. Welcome, Simon. Hey, Simon. Hey, thanks for the introduction. You're very welcome. <laughs> How close welcome was to I? guitar stories. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. No worries. How close was that from, from zero to 100%? Like... How much Simon did I uh, capture? Maybe 90, 95%. All right. I don't recall uh, Billy Gibbons as a customer. Ah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I had it maybe somewhere in, my, in the back of my head, but yeah. If, if, he is yeah. No, if he's no returning customer, he definitely needs to be. <laughs> Absolutely. And if he's listening or watching now, then Billy, what are you playing at? Get yourself to Germany and get yourself a brand new guitar, a brand new old guitar. <laughs> Absolutely, when they're allowed to travel again, but we're close, right? Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. In that case, just 
browse yeah. the website, which we might as well promote right at the beginning of the show, guitarpoint.de. And it's there in German and in English for anybody that wants to speak of those two it's languages. It's actually in English. It's mainly in English. It's in oh, English. it's in English. Okay. Yeah, mainly in English. So you can, the checkout process is switchable. So right. uh, it's also German speaking, but if you visit guitarpoint.com, it's fully in English. All right. Nice. Just make okay. sure to put the wallet and your credit card far, far away. It's very tempting. Tempting. Yeah, we're going to get That's into the, the Guitar Point chat in a little bit um, <laughs> because I'm sure there's some... Oh, Dan and I both have um, some questions for you, but I'm sure there's going to be some questions from mm -hmm. the chat. So chat people, welcome to the show if you're watching and listening live. Hello to Valeria. Hello to Artie Smudge, to Guitar Ruckus, to Gunroar Guitar, to Buzzle, to Alexis Guitars, to Brad Guitar Miller. Fergie and France is with us, oh, hopefully with SJ. Cranar is here. Hey, Cranar. And... Yankee Mike, Jason Velch, and one more Michael is here. So if you're here and I haven't mentioned you, apologies, but I can only read so many lines on my chat. We've got some guitar news for you. We'll go straight into the news. Um, it is not good news, Dan. Dan, you informed mm. me of this news uh, a few days ago. Do you want to read us through the latest news? Yeah, well, it's not not necessarily news as in happened yesterday, but as of, I think, the morning of Wednesday last week, there was a fire at the Fender factory in Ensenada in the morning. And uh, luckily, nobody got hurt. And I haven't heard like uh, about damaged or destroyed guitars or you know big issues on their side. But it's still always frightening if you see a big operation like Fender being under fire. And it was actually also, I think, the second big fire. Uh, we also had last year the fire at Boutique Amp Distribution's uh, neighbors. So um, yeah, fingers crossed that uh, everything will be you know in place pretty soon. But uh, yeah, that was a little bit of a of a shock in the morning to see a factory being burning. Mm. I woke up to that news from you, Dan, and I was very worried because you know any guitar industry or establishment that goes on fire, guitars generally being made of wood means they tend to burn quite well. But it seems that the the fire services got that under control, and as you said, no one was hurt. So mm. that's where we can talk about it and not be too concerned. But also, you know, the, I, I hope that. Uh, things are under control with fire regulations. They seem to be. And um, Simon, what's your take on that as, as like a, a fire at a, at a guitar place? That's, I guess, nightmare number one. I think a fire is terrible at every place where people could get hurt. But obviously, we won't, don't want a guitar to get burned, right? So. No. Yeah, sure. Terrible. Yeah. Well, that's that's pretty much it for the news. We just wanted to you know say hi to Fender and gladly that nothing was happening there in Mexico. Yeah. Um, and we have a Fender on the show today. Someone picked one for the gear pick. <laughs> but um, Simon, sometimes we let the guests choose who is going to get the pick of the week first from the gear. But it always ends up with the guest saying, oh, you just choose who you, who you want to. And because you're such a polite chap, I'm going to make the decision this week because I think we might have to happen again because you're so polite. So <laughs> I am going to let Dan pick first. That's my request is that Dan picks first. I hope everybody's okay with that. So with that, we'll have Dan's pick of the week. Here we are. 
<laughs> Where's the pic, my friend? Yeah, wash it. What? Oh, you want the photo already? Oh, there it is. Hang on. Yeah, yeah, there. yeah. Sacrilege. No Ibanez this week. But um, actually, yeah, I sent. You've chosen I, a I, different brand of guitar. A different brand of guitar. Yeah, yeah. But that was really one of the guitars where I immediately had to send you a message about like, look at how hot this thing turned out. So I'm by no means a, a, a Jackson aficionado, but uh, when I saw that, uh, um, what is it, lime green transparent over Aztec gold, uh, I was like madly in love with that color combination, also with that uh, heavily used look. So it's a custom DK24 by Pat uh, Campolatano. And um, yeah, I mean, that looks gorgeous. I love, I love the look of the, the swamp ash body that kind of gets through. Uh, we've got a quarter saw maple neck. 3D Marcio pickups. I think it's the uh, Sugar Chakra and the Tone Zone, if I'm not mistaken. It's got stainless steel frets, which is always a nice addition to uh, to a vintage vibey wow. instrument. And um, yeah, apart from that, I'm I'm just digging the looks. You know, I'm not a big fan of green guitars, but uh, I was immediately sold on that. And a big shout out to um, to Pat. He's on Instagram under pfc.g, and you can check out his latest creations. And he's one of the master luthiers that I'm like most gravitating towards because he does things differently. And uh, yeah, it's just a, a pretty red looking guitar. And actually, one one thing that I just that I just found out while I was uh, looking at the screen right now is that uh, the reverse headstock, the Jackson headstock, is identical to my first guitar, which was a Squire. What was it? Headmaster? Headmaster series? It was a purple St sparkle. Stagemaster? Stage Master, there you go. Stage Master series, yeah, yeah. Actually, still, still not too bad as a guitar, but that was my like first real instrument after the Hurtycaster. <laughs> you know, where you would cut your hands. I, th I think it's a solid pick, Dan. Yeah. That's a beautiful looking guitar. Um, yeah. I also yeah, don't. I, I don't own any green guitars, um, so I need. I need to change that. I, I, oh no, no, no! I don't have any green guitars at all, and I need to change that. So what price would I need to pay to add that Jackson to my collection? I have no clue because I saw it on Instagram on his on his account. But uh, I'm pretty sure as a custom shop, it would probably clock in at four or five K. Four grand or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, would that be something you'd be gigging with? My choice. You guys, would you gig with that? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I would. <laughs> <laughs> Simon? I don't know if I would kick with it, but I like it. I mean, it's a pretty cool color. Yeah. <laughs> I like yeah, colorful guitars. One of my favorite but... colors is the um, the green. Uh, what's it called? O olive green from uh, olive drab green from Gibson. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I think Gibson had it as well. The Les Paul and olive drab is beautiful. That's yeah. Uh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. It's not one as my bright and as shiny. Yeah, but that is a bit more. It's got a, a hint of olive drab to it. I like it where it's worn away, but that is more. More lime. It's more metallic. Yeah. yeah, more metallic. Okay, yes, I, I think that's know. a solid pick, Dan. That's a, yeah, thank you from, very much. Thank apart you from much. the price, I would absolutely go for that. Yeah. Um, and even still, if it, if it you know really played well, which I'm sure it does, then the price wouldn't be too much of an issue if I could possibly sell one of my children or something. Um, kidney. Kidney. In fact, you know something? We've all gone for something kind of green. There's a green theme with the gear this week. Mm -hmm. Oh, there you go. Oh, that's green odd. week. <laughs> well, I'm going to go for my pick of the week, and we'll leave the leave you waiting for Simon's pick at the end. So uh, it's time for my pick of the week.
the week. I have cheated this week, and um, <laughs> I've gone for two picks of the week that are kind of the same thing. I hope that's okay. It is the Roland Space Echo revisioned in uh, the Space Echo RE2 from Boss. And the tape echo, um, in fact, I don't know what the, the model number is from NUX or NUX, as some people call it, the NDD-7. So within the space of a few days, we've had two new pedals announced that are the Space Echo, the classic boss tape-based um, delay and reverb kind of thing with a beautiful preamp. And mm -hmm. um, boss, the boss one was was announced a little bit too early in the sense that it was announced on eBay, um, or rather, <laughs> sorry, leaked on eBay by some people that were trying to sell, I think, thirty of them, and uh, and boss were not too happy about that. So then boss actually confirmed that it is real and it is coming, but it was one of those products that was not sure if it was real for a while, and then NewX have come out with the uh, their version, which is going to be. Uh, let's say a more affordable version of it uh, a few today. So as of today, Tuesday, um, that's new this week. And I don't know which one, oops, I don't know which one to go for, but um, the new X seems to be slightly more featureful than mm -hmm. the boss. So firstly, the, the new X has MIDI in and out which, as far as I know, is not something they've done before. It's got this mini 3.5 jack uh, MIDI stuff. Um, and also, you seem to have, you've got concentric knobs on the Boss, but the, the new X version has more uh, open knobs and seems to be, I think, stereo. Um, I've never had a real Space Echo, but I have had an RE20, and I love it. And I've got some plugins, which are Space Echo based, and one from IK Multimedia, and I love what that machine does. I've played an original Space Echo, um, and it's amazing fun. So I'm excited to see these two back on the market, or new on the market. The new X is coming in at around 140, €150-ish, Euros -ish, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I'm guessing the Boss is going to be a little bit more expensive, more around €200, Euros, but that's pure speculation. Mm -hmm. um, but most importantly, they're both green. <laughs> what a yeah. coincidence. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Simon's frozen on my camera. Is he frozen for you? Nope, nope. He's no. fine. Oh well, then I'm still here. I just okay. didn't. Cool. Yeah. Well, you're frozen for me, but that's okay. We can continue. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's my pick of the week. Two pedals. We've got a guitar. Two pedals. We're waiting for our guest chat. I'll just check the. No, 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 no. Yeah, some people. Uh, yeah, thanks, Valeria. I am cheating, but. You know, <laughs> it's our show. We can do what we want. Um, Simon, you've got a pick of the week. Um, it is something it a little here. bit special. Yeah. Hmm? You've got it here. Yeah. You got it with you. I got it here. Wow. It's green. <laughs> oh, I can't see you because it's frozen on my screen. Yeah. Everybody else can. Oh, that's yeah. not fair. I have to wait for the the, the, the catch up. Oh, there it is. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Right, please continue, Simon. Cool. Tell us, tell us about it, and I'll shut up. Uh, it's a Strat. You can see it. It's a brand new custom shop Strat. Um, I spec'd it last year. It's super faded aged sea foam green sparkle. 
Yeah, that's a that's a name, right? Um, <laughs> it's a kind of a '63-ish style. Um, I'm not really after these year descriptions because it's just it's basically a custom shop strat with a rosewood fretboard, and it's got three Josephina wound uh, like the John Cruz bone pickups. Nice. It's a nice one, yeah, because it's you don't see that color very often. Uh-huh. So it's kind of a seafoam green with some sparkle added. If I, Simon, yeah, do you mind if I make cool. you full screen? Because as you've got it, if I put you full screen, um, you can get... Oops, no, that's me. There we go. Wow, wow, look at that. There it is. Okay, if you're listening to the audio version, you need to get yourself to guitarpoint.com and have a look at that. It's beautiful. Yeah, From that's a really cool. Uh, from a distance, it almost looks as if the guitar would be wet because of the sparkle. Yeah. It's a pretty, pretty yeah. cool effect. Yeah. Like surf, yeah, surf color, right <laughs> literally taken. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty. So cool. what are we Is looking at, Simon? Uh, rosewood fretboard, maple neck, older body. Yeah, older body. Since it's since it's a uh, '60s. Yeah, if they were not blonde, they're older bodies. But it's that's like vintage stuff. That's that's not really um, a custom shop guitar. Can be everything. I think oh. that's just something that you like and they do that yeah sure yeah. is that is that a new it's finish? pretty cool one sorry is that a new finish or is that already around for a couple of i don't know years? when they came up with it um i'm custom shop dealer since last year basically so um before that i was totally into vintage only and hmm. um, but it's it's around for a while i've seen some of them i've got a base with the same color mm-hmm. yeah Someone just brought that up. Uh, Gunroll guitar. Yeah, Gunroll guitar said there's a bass too as well. Mm -hmm. Nice. Wow. So naturally, if you're going to buy one, you need to buy the other as well for the matching pair. Of course. Yeah, that's a perfect matching pair. Huh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Simon, your guitar has gone down very well in the chat. Um, I I think you might have some new friends, at least some new visits to the the website tonight with some people definitely hiding their credit card. Um, mm. it's a beautiful guitar. Uh, I did tell you about this before we came along. We get to choose uh, which is our favorite pick, and we do that through the method of what we call buy, borrow, or burn. Yeah, and that means there are three picks, and you have to choose which one you would buy, which one you would borrow, and which one you would burn. Sadly, sadly. And it's just a game, so no one has to get upset in case anyone burns <laughs> something they're emotionally attached to. But I'll, I'll play the jingle to give yourself a little bit of time to think. Um, and I'll go first tonight, if that's okay. I feel like going first again. Sure. Sure. Buy, borrow, or burn? <laughs> okay, right. Straight on it. I'm having tough trouble between the Jackson and the Fender Custom Shop because, in fact, Simon, I need to ask you, how much is that Custom Shop Strat that you spec'd? It's 5.5. Okay, so the Jackson is around, let's say, around 4,000. So it's the Fender is more expensive, but still, if you're going to spend four, why not spend (laughs) (laughs) 5.5? I know that's a terrible justification, but if anyone's going to spend 4,000 euros on a guitar, then they might also spend 5.5. It's not too much of a stretch. That's true. Um, still, I, guess, still I, I, so want to, I so want to be guest in your house when you are sitting next to your wife and you explain her 
if you're going to spend four grand on a guitar, <laughs> why not go 5.5? Come on, where's the point? <laughs> go hard or go home. Um, <laughs> so I am going to buy the Fender. I'm going to borrow the pedals and burn the Jackson, but that is going to hurt me hardly. Oh. Okay, that's my choice. Yeah, buy the Fender, borrow the pedals, burn the Jackson. Okay. Um, Dan, do you want to go next? Yeah, okay. Um, I probably burned the pedals because uh, my pedal board is already pretty full and I don't have too much uh, real estate on my board left. Um, then definitely tried the Fender, but I mean, I was so sold to the to the green color that I, if I had the money and I was in the market for a for a guitar of that style, I'd definitely buy the the DK twenty two. So which one are you burning? The pedals. Yeah, the pedals. Okay, I don't, I don't think the they will burn pretty well, but uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I I, I, I don't know. I I wouldn't want to be around when if and when they do. Um, okay, Simon, before we go to you, we're going to go to the people in the chat, see what they're going to do, see if the Fender is also still popular. Sarang would uh, buy the Fender because the factory is already burning. Um, <laughs> different factory, but yeah, okay. Borrow the Space Echoes, Space Echoes, Space Echoes, burn the Jackson and be very, very sad. Okay, so Sarang and I have the same pick this week. Alexis Guitars wants to know if anyone is picking the new X over the Fender Custom. Uh, Puninja is cheating. Puninja wants to borrow everything. No, you may not do that. Valeria is buying the Space Echo, borrowing the Fender because she feels sad for them today, and burning the Hulk Jackson. That is a good name for the guitar, the Hulk <laughs> Jackson. Fergie in France will buy the Boss Space Echo, borrow the Jackson, burn the Fender Strat. <gasps> It's just another Strat that's defeating the purpose of being a Strat, originally designed to be affordable and build and sell. Oh, my goodness. That is a very controversial view from someone mm. in France. I think, he, <laughs> I think he's expecting some kind of response, but I'm not going to give him one. Um, <laughs> let's see if there's anyone else who's doing it. Melodify is going to buy the Fender, borrow the Jackson, burn the pedal. Okay, so interesting choices this week. Um, now it's time to go to our guest. Simon, what would you do with those three gear picks? I definitely burn the pedals because I'm, I don't care for pedals. I'm one of the rare guitar players <gasps> who can save a lot of money. I never played pedals. I never used them for anything. Tuna pedals. All right. Noise okay. Case. Anyway, and I'd, I'd borrow the Jackson, but I... Yeah, I'm buying this tread. Might do. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I thought you might. I think that's fair, seeing as you spec'd it, and you've got it yeah. in your hands right now. I'm a sparkle guy. I never really owned them, but I love them. Cool. Yeah. I, I cool. was just wondering what was what was the lead time to to get a guitar like that built at the custom shop? I think less than six months. Wow. Well, usually it's like twelve, but some of them come come. Earlier, this one was an exception, I think. Yeah, ah, okay. but usually it's twelve months. Okay, I think it depends. Maybe they just were building some of Sparkle finished guitars in the factory and and uh, made this happen earlier. But usually it's twelve. Yeah. All right, cool. Sounds good. 
I've uh, I've just put the link to that guitar at Guitar Point in the okay, chat yeah. if anybody wants to go and have a look. Um, and uh, it's, it's not an affiliate link, but if anyone wants to chuck 50 euros my way if they buy it, I'm, I'm happy with that. <laughs> or just let me have a go on it, please. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I got to say two beautiful guitars this week. I, I'm really mm -hmm. and, and all green. That's that's a big surprise. Yeah. And two very sad oh, pedals. Dan, I also got to say, um, I feel very sorry for the for the space echo, because I was just looking up uh, the boss website and like the actual release is such a super sad site that just says RE2 space echo. Then you've got a couple sentences and then it says coming soon. And you know, as as someone who's working in the industry, I think this is like the worst that could happen if you have a great product uh, that's yeah. just around the corner and then some stupid son of a gun is uh, kind of leaking that stuff on on a uh, reverb or ebay that's just horrible so they they obviously i mean it, it screams like they obviously just put up some sort of website to, to 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 you know collect some some initial interest and inform people when it gets dropped but like that's the worst that could happen so yeah boss yeah team. I, feel, I mean <laughs> i I, yeah. I reached out to them because i wanted to try one <laughs> and also to say okay. sorry about the leak uh, not okay. that i was involved in the leak at all but um I can say it was a true leak and it wasn't um, planned or anything like that because it is possible that some companies leak stuff just to you know get a bit more promotion than they should. But that mm -hmm. seems like a true leak. Also doubly sad because then another company comes along with another pedal based on their pedal and then definitely undercuts them on price. Mm -hmm. So You mean another company yeah. comes up with an Echo? That would be... Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. The, <laughs> your your sense of humor fits well on the show simon also i said this before uh before we went live but um simon and i are not related in any way we just have the same awesome kind of hair um yeah it's growing yeah. right yeah and yours is you cut your hair yeah yeah i know you i, I cut you. it yeah apparently it grows back i i yeah, I, I I needed it so I can fit in the frame in the podcast. When I have big hair, it doesn't fit in, and I just I need to show more guitars behind me for <laughs> for more more fun. <laughs> Sorry, I'm drinking every two seconds. I'm really thirsty tonight. I had a I had a very salty dinner. Um, Simon, we've had your introduction. Uh, I'm going to open the chat up for questions for Simon's because we can stick them in a little pot for questions. But I know Dan and I have prepared some questions, and Dan is yeah. currently reading through those questions. So maybe no, Dan, not. you could kick us off with with a with a question for Simon from Guitar Point, our resident vintage guitar expert. Firstly, Simon, thank you very much for joining us. Um, hopefully, uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Got any questions? You can answer them. Yeah, but maybe to to put it, make it, you know, to to just not come into that kind of interrogation mode. Um, let's just kick it off with. Uh, Simon, could you let us know what is what does your daily job look like at Guitar Point? What what is it to to run one of the most renowned vintage guitar stores in, in the world? Well, nowadays it's chasing guitars. Okay. So that's what I do every day, everywhere in the world. Okay. I'm looking for guitars. I can't order them. <laughs> I have to. I have to. Yeah, find them somewhere. And um, that's that's the main things, yeah, main thing I do. 
Okay. Sourcing stuff. And how do how do you sourcing how do you, stuff? How how do you get hold of them? Um, I must. I would assume that you know, given the reputation that Guitar Point has, that if mm. someone you know found a, a nice burst on the attic, they would probably either reach out to some of you know the big US uh, vintage dealers or to you if if it was located in Europe. So is it like what's the percentage? How many guitars do you have to chase down, and how many guitars are being offered to you? A lot of them are offered to us because we uh, reached uh, yeah, a size and a reputation where people really get in touch with us if they want to sell something and or even if they uh, inherit something. Or, uh, yeah, we got offers daily, but it doesn't mean that you close a deal. So you always have to make sides happy the customers and of course us as the dealers and yeah, we buy collections um, there's a lot of travel involved so I I drove a lot that's what I didn't do in the past but since the pandemic um, we were limited to travel internationally so yeah I've, I'm, I'm driving across Europe <laughs> to meet people Okay. parking lots <laughs> is it is that the case that you that you meet in sometimes a... yeah. okay okay yeah. wow <laughs> nice those those yeah. guitar safaris like uh, where have they taken you within europe by car like what was the farthest that, that you went or even the most i, I think know, the fast was greece but i didn't didn't drive there obviously um okay, yeah. in europe but usually it's it's france netherlands um, um, Italy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, with the guitars that you, you you have in a guitar point, is it mainly or solely Fender and Gibson, or do you have other brands as yeah. well? I'm I'm focusing on on Fender and Gibson. Um, we used to do some German brands or, or more or less known brands in the past, but um, yeah. I have the most fun with the big two. Maybe Cratch, Rick and Bucker. But people people are interested in Fender and Gibson mainly. Mm. Yeah. That's like ninety percent of the request demand. And on the other side of like it's super interesting how you acquire these guitars, but on the other side from the customer, who is your typical customer if if there is such a thing? It's not many professional musicians. So it's usually people who play guitar, not for a living, but um, yeah, for fun as a hobby uh, when they come home from work. It's usually people who, who work a lot and um, make themselves happy purchasing a, a nice guitar. It doesn't have to be a burst. So there are so many um, lower priced uh, instruments that are very interesting and very sought after um, like 70s or even 80s models it's um, so it's every age of course not a student but usually I would say starting from 30 to like 70 or something yeah right. so it's wow. it's not only the banker and uh, lawyer and, loose lawyer uh, you, know, you know that's that's simply not true that's, okay yeah so so, so we have hopes and doctors that, yeah 
with hopes that some of the guitars actually get played and not just you know yeah they, they, i mean i uh i used to be you know, like a semi-professional guitar player partly for, for a couple of years but i'm as well a guy who works and plays guitar at home now so <laughs> <laughs> and my guitars don't get played as they should be but i love them yeah, yeah. They, they probably get jealous sometimes <laughs> the guitars yeah yeah they do <laughs> <laughs> I have very nice pieces at home all the yeah. time yeah. yeah so sam what is so you get exactly... to bring them home wow yeah yeah when i buy them of course yeah sure they need they need to be tested fully tested i would love to have time to test the guitars or even play them <laughs> but i don't yeah yeah only the the good ones. How did how did you how did you grow into being a, a vintage expert? Like, what is your earliest experience with with like Fenders and Gibsons from from earlier days? Because you were born in like mm -hmm. what's your, what's your birth year? Eighty. Yeah. So you're not yeah. necessarily a guy who who grew up with uh, with sixties uh, Les Pauls. So no, how did it come absolutely about? not. Yeah, but when you're into Les Pauls, uh, which was the case with me when I started guitar, when I saw Slash playing the scope pop at the Tokyo video, um, yeah, you you learn to know that it's not the first year of the Les Paul. There's there's a big heritage with especially with the big American company, and I always uh, I, I have a big folder back then where I saved pictures of vintage Gibsons uh, on mm. my uh, earliest computer. So I was always a fan of vintage guitars. It was always a passion, yeah, reading books. And, and of, of course, um, I've been product manager for Gibson with the former distributor in 2006 or yeah, seven, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and back then, um, I was also familiar with vintage guitars. Yeah, it grew. Cool. So back in the day, just to clarify for for some of the listeners, I think you were talking about was that music and technique, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So super super interesting to see how that like organically comes together, and you you kind of yeah. you don't you don't get that expertise from from one day to another. You kind of have to earn it over the couple, over the years and. <laughs> You have to see the guitars, play them, take them apart. You yeah. can't learn from books. That's that's just impossible. Yeah. So you you have to have them in your hands, smell them, and that's 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 true. Definitely. Yeah. What's what's the best smell? I mean, we have Tony Iommi perfume, but guitar-wise, what's what's the best smell that you I ever, ever uh, Is I, I remember. One day driving back from Paris, I had like 13 or 14 guitars in the back of my car, and the smell this was just <laughs> wonderful. Yeah, would leave the car. <laughs> so I think it's the old Gibson Archtops. They they smell really good. Cool to me. Yeah. What do they smell like? Oh, I, I don't know. I'm not. Uh, how's the guy called in the perfume movie or book? I don't know. <laughs> uh, sweet. Woody. Woody yeah. Sweet. Yeah. It's not wood. It's wow. certain they don't stink. They just smell good. Yeah. 
I, I totally yeah. see a market for for a perfume for vintage for guitar aficionados. You know, that's that's what I thought. You remember the smell of the Gibson guitars back in the custom shop guitars still smell like that. When you yeah. when you go to the custom shop, the whole building smells like that. All right, um, but it changed during the years. Uh, it was the best in the late two thousands. Okay. That's that's geeky, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's that's super geeky. I love it. But I mean, you must have been like for me the does a dozen times in the custom shop, right? Did you count I how many ten times? times yeah. Ten times. Ten times. Right. Yeah. Tenth ju uh, jubilee uh, last year. Yeah. <laughs> During the pandemic. Yeah. Right. I love it. Well, for me, the smell is kind of like a like a cake. If I can liken it to something, it reminds me of a cake. Okay. That's oh, there's so certain. many cakes. I don't like cakes. No. That's that's my favorite. Okay. <laughs> what a coincidence! You know, when when Simon said he had tenth anniversary at the custom shop, I was imagining uh, um, the guys from the custom shop presenting him a cake in the shape of a Les Paul guitar for his no. anniversary. No. I I asked for a present, but they <laughs> said they have been there many more times than I and never got a present. So I understood. Oh, that's not fair. Ah, okay. That's that's sad. Oh, fair. <laughs> Simon, I want to know, um, and it's, there's a few questions in the chat coming up, some great questions mm -hmm. as well. And one of the ones is, what was the most valuable lesson you learned as a vintage expert? So I don't know if that's based in a mistake or something you missed or the one that got away, but is there something that sticks out in your mind that educated you? It's a good question. There are certainly some that I won't talk about, but it's... Um... It's a good question. I didn't make big mistakes uh, in authenticating guitars because I always had a big respect of uh, the whole material and I never tried to pretend that I know something what I didn't do. So I think this is very important. Um, yeah, I think sometimes you you should give it a bit time because uh, value constantly increases. And um, I don't know, I don't have the right answer for this question at the moment, I think, because it's uh, so far so good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, no hurtful lessons to be learned so far. No, definitely okay. not. If, if, if there was a, like, you you didn't have like too many bad experience, but if there was some some advice for for, for our fellow um, listeners and and for the YouTube audience, what would you recommend if someone would be in the market, not necessarily for high end, let's say uh, you know burst or something, but if he was interested in buying a vintage guitar, what's what's a good starting point to to check the like what's the average price to check what is the current market like, what would you recommend? It's very tough at the moment to check online prices because the market is moving so quick. Um, it's, it's a very strange situation because prices increased so drastically uh, during the last two years, actually, that you won't really find um, a comparison online. There are not many guitars online, and the prices you see are... Uh, old prices. Okay. Uh, even the Vintage Guitar Price Guide, which is an uh, annual book that's uh, been released by the Vintage Guitar magazine and shows uh, 
prices and, and the pricing development uh, isn't up to date. It's uh, when it's when they um, release it, it's it's old. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, I think the the best starting point is look at the guitar that you like. Uh, it's not the investment that should be uh, your main reason to buy a guitar. It should be you're interested in a certain guitar. Mm -hmm. You have to be happy with the guitar as an instrument. And I think the, the price point or the investment aspect should be maybe the second, because mm -hmm. nobody can promise you any uh, increase anyway. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, mm -hmm. and I would mm -hmm. get in touch with an expert, a dealer, um, maybe, and, and get as much information uh, as I as I can find. Mm -hmm. I guess that's the advantage of coming to someone like yourself at Guitar Point is that all the worry or the ifs have been taken out of the equation yeah. because you've already done the homework. So when someone comes to buy a guitar from you, yet they they know what they're getting. Yeah. They know that everything's been checked and everything. You have you said you have a luthier on site as well, yeah. so. What's the job of that person? Oh, we have uh, the big advantage is uh, our luthier is um, is employed by us, so it's not an independent luthier. So um, it also gives me the opportunity to buy guitars that need work, and um, he also inspects pretty much every acoustic that I have, and he he does fret jobs. Um, and yeah, so a lot of a uh, lot of little things that make a great guitar even better. Mm -hmm. um, so it's always great to have a highly educated luthier. Um, yeah, be accessible actually mm -hmm. all the time. And yeah, he's a magician, so he can <laughs> can really make make things much better within a couple of minutes. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. But we also provide, as you mentioned, um, uh, yeah, full um, picture um, story of the guitar, all the details and certain um, um, yeah, spots on the guitar that verify their authenticity and their age and certificate and everything. So, yeah, we put a lot of effort into this. It's a lot of work. And people often... Um, think they can get a like a bargain deal on eBay or Rebirth, yeah, and then they call us and yeah, uh, <laughs> and, and uh, ask uh, okay. if, if we can help. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Dan, do you have a question or? or... No, I was uh, okay. Well, I've I've got a. A personal experience okay. I'd like to share because I've been to Guitar Point. Uh, Simon and I have been looking at guitars together. I went on behalf yeah. of Toman and, and was there with Chris Barocci. And I fell in love with two instruments at Guitar Point. Uh, one, surprisingly, was a 70s Gibson SG bass or whatever the Gibson were calling the, the bass shaped like an SG in the 70s. It had this big, fat, thick neck and this just wonderful body perfectly balanced and weighted for someone tall like me and even though I'm not a bassist by far this this instrument this bass just really spoke to me and I, 
it was it was a price i think it was about 1700 euros mm. which even though is a fair chunk of change was not like the other side which was like the les paul that chris was playing which was a 60 1960 les paul so it was still <laughs> in that area where I might be able to sleep in my own bed that night if I took it home, you know, so I seriously <laughs> considered that as that SG bass. The other instrument was a 65 jazz master. And I remember talking to you about that. And you were you were very good at your job. And you were like, well, yeah, well, you, 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 you just try because keep playing it, keep playing it. And I was very much in trouble with that instrument the jazz master because as a guitar player and as a jazz master lover this was the best jazz master i'd ever played in my life and not just by not just by a little bit it was leaps and bounds better than any other jazz master i played and i still still regret that i didn't take it even though i, I promise you i couldn't afford it it was not even on the table for you the should jazz have master. bought it because now it's like 30 percent more that would have been Sorry. my justification. <laughs> that would have been my justification, but I still would have been a hundred percent more homeless. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. Um, of course it doesn't matter. Yeah. But the question that I'm leading mm. to is is there a funny way that you've had customers like justify themselves and purchases? Because I know, you know, buying something, it was it was literally a dream mm. guitar, this Jazzmaster. And I just needed well, I just needed a bit more money, but mm. also an extra psychological push. Have you got any like funny stories or anything that people have left and come back or, or ones that have got away? Um, actually, like 99% of people who come actually come to the shop already know what they want. So that's mm -hmm. not a really uh, comparable to the regular music store where they just, oh, I'm looking for a Strat or Jazzmaster. Mm -hmm. They usually want that 65 and they just want to confirm if it if it plays great and sounds good and then they they, they leave with the guitar um of course uh i gotta ask my wife we hear that uh, as well like every dealer who sells uh expensive products <laughs> and mm -hmm. fun product um, but no not really usually they know what they want and they they already know uh, everything about the guitar, maybe. Yeah. Okay, it's a very comf. That in itself is interesting. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Very comfy situation yeah. as a as a sales guy. If you have audience or customers that already know what they want, and they, you know, it's your task to just push them, you know, over the edge. <laughs> yeah. Well, they have. Uh, I think the main thing in our business is trust. Mm -hmm. So. Um, they come to our shop because they convince themselves that this might be uh, the shop where they want to purchase a certain guitar. And it makes them more comfortable um, to, of course, we explain the whole procedure and, and, and show maybe alternatives. But um, yeah, most people end up with what they originally uh, had in mind. Mm -hmm. yeah. And do you like given given the amount that uh, that some of those vintage guitars uh, you know cost? Do you have a lot of returning customers, or is it more like no, the majority? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So like they buy they purchase that one guitar that they always wanted, and then they are good to go. Um, there are some uh, customers who just buy one guitar, and their customers 
we bought 25 guitars so far. So oh. it's addictive. Oh, we know that, guys. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, I just recently read uh, uh, something about myself saying uh, this is my desert island guitar, which I never want to sell. I sold it three months ago and I never looked back. So <laughs> that's, uh, yeah. We know that. What was it? It was a gold top Les Paul custom shop. Okay. Okay. Like, considering that we're the Guitar Stories podcast, do you have like uh, one very special guitar that has a has a special meaning for you, or has even a, a very special guitar story behind it that you personally own? I would love to say that, but I own so many guitars and sold so many guitars that <laughs> not not no. They don't stay at all. <laughs> wow. um, I got some very nice guitars now, um, but I didn't play them live because I uh, just didn't have the time. And mm -hmm. um, I have three kids now, so everybody who has three small children knows that it's tough to uh, rehearse once a week or yeah, anything like that. So. Um, But I always have nice guitars in the shop. I mean, I have access. I'm, I'm, I'm lucky uh, to have uh, and honored to have access to the best guitars on the planet, like every day. And um, yeah, every once in a while, I grab a nice guitar and, and play it. And um, yeah, that's, that's a great opportunity. Of course, yeah. That's our passion. I love guitars, and uh, I'm I'm so happy to be able to do that. So of course it's a lot of work and and, and tough business, but yeah, you've got them around you, and yeah, just play a few licks. Um, yeah, helps helps a lot. <laughs> a smile <laughs> on your face, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've got a nice guitar here. Should I show it to you? Of course, of yeah, course. just yeah. a second, always. All right, Andy, I think we got to go full screen because I think I know what he's I wonder what it's gonna going be. to be. Show us, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna back. go full screen, I'm just waiting for him to come back. Didn't put it on the table. Oh, that's me full screen. Oh, there is yeah. Simon full screen. Oh, my goodness, that's a nice one. Could that's you... a 58 Les Paul standard. Wow, yeah, that's a burst right here. As in, as in a real 1958 yeah, Les Paul that's standard. That's a real 1958. Oh, shoot, shoot. Yeah. It's got some nice flames. It's a bit tough because uh -huh. of the light. Yeah, but we yeah. can we can see it. Yeah, it looks pretty nice. I can see the flame. Yeah. Yeah. It looks pretty clean. If uh, if you're listening to the audio version of this, it's it's an ex yeah, yeah exactly. It's not really it's extremely clean. clean. Ah, <laughs> so it's been played. on the back. No, yeah. but on the front, it looks amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Les Pauls don't. Uh, look as beaten up as some fenders do on the front. It's usually right here, so mm. because it's played like this, mm. and um, yeah, they they never really look have to have that many scars on the front. Mm. Is that still yeah. the original pickguard that's installed? Yeah, sure. Wow, wow. Okay. You know, uh, yeah, I just put it down if you don't mind. Sure. <laughs> no, on the be, ground. Be careful. <clears throat> An original pickguard is like 10,000 euros. Wow. So okay. uh, the original rings are like the same. So um, if it wouldn't be 
the original uh, pick art, of course. Yeah. You would have to find one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Just to complete yeah. it. That, um, we have a few stock questions, as we said, but um, this leads me on to a question about refinishes. Mm -hmm. And how much does a refinish generally affect the value of a guitar? 40 to 50%. See? Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> I mean, if you, if you want to uh, yeah, buy a play, wow. or if you love a finished guitar, the finish is a big part of it. Mm -hmm. the, um, yeah. How it feels, how it smells, especially on, on a bird. That's that's the reason one of the reasons why they are so expensive because they all look different and yeah and especially on custom colors that would be a nightmare if you would have an original Fiesta red strat which was stripped it's not fifty percent it's like eighty percent less <laughs> oh, wow, okay. because it's just a regular wow. strat then yeah. mm. I mean wow. do you but I guess it is a good way to get a, a a bargain, Absolutely. I want to say. You know, yeah. to get a, yeah, yeah. a vintage instrument it's something not what I would cheaper. call a bargain uh, because they're also uh, uh, yeah, expensive now. But of course, it's a great opportunity if you, for example, like many people have a couple of Fender custom shop uh, or master build strats. You know, for two master build strats, you can get a great reef in. Yeah. Hmm. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I see this. There's a question going around a lot about guitar prices of of, of new guitar prices rising, mm. and then people asking me as if I know the answer, but um, asking me whether they should go for a a, a custom shop or a, or mm. a vintage one. And uh, I'm not qualified to answer, but my answer would be whichever one plays the best. I guess so you really have to play them at that yeah. point. Yeah, I, I mean, I have my personal opinion, but I wouldn't. Uh, yeah want this whole discussion they're nice new guitars and nice old guitars and bad old and new guitars and mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. the prices of like when people say uh the custom shop guitar is like oh, yeah uh, compared to the original is so much more affordable it's not the tone that you pay for it's uh it's the art it's the uh antiquity it's just a piece of history mm -hmm. that's the price where the price comes from mm -hmm. and of course um they sound they can sound incredible so you, you don't stop playing but um yeah everybody would need to make his own uh, experience and opinion about that mm. yeah and as, as you mentioned about like the Jazzmaster I was talking mm. about, it's increased in price. And, yeah. and once you make a, make a purchase, whether it's as an investment or, or regardless, it always will be an investment, I would hope, because the price should logically increase. And sorry, please. No, it it, it should. But of course, it uh, yeah, um, it's not constantly skyrocketing. That's 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 for sure. But especially with guitars like you mentioned, the offset guitars, I think compared to their bigger brothers or sisters like the Strat and the Tellys, they were still relatively, uh, I wouldn't say cheap, but more affordable. Um, and the price points where they are now are, to me, more realistic for what they are. So they are uh, legit right. 60 uh, uh, yeah, Fenders. Say mm -hmm. 
as the strats, which are like four times more expensive. That's how I felt about that Jazzmaster. Mm -hmm. I also felt that I was getting a bargain yeah. because it was considerably. Uh, it was about a it was about five thousand euros, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. was about a quarter of the price of the equivalent Strats. Yeah. The, well, there wasn't an equivalent, but as you're saying, same same mm -hmm. years, same woods. Um, I felt it was a bargain, and a question was asked to me by by a viewer, not in the chat, but recently. Um, was they asked me. Uh, they're looking at getting a 70s fender because they found that the 50s and 60s fenders were way out of their reach. What's your kind of advice? Is, is a 70s fender a good, purely as an investment now? What do you, what's your opinion on that? Well, um, well you, before you didn't mention, uh, did mention the investment aspect, I just got a 73 Strat. It's kind of a Frankenstein, but it's so good i love it and uh can stop playing it and some of them especially when they're pre-75 specs uh, which means they have still the staggered pole piece pickups um and more the the, the old look not the black pickup and the black uh, pickups in hard uh, plastics um that's great investments because they're still relatively uh, lower priced, well, they already went up to like four to five k, um, but um, they can be great guitars. So the three point neck, um, it's I have to say it's just wrong that they're bad guitars. That's 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 what people said in the seventies, eighties because there were some very heavy ones uh, which don't really sound that good, but there are also so many great ones. Said so same with Gibson. 70s mm. Les Pauls SG, great guitars. I had a couple of uh, customers who sold their custom shop guitars to buy 70s Gibsons or Fenders. So it also attracts people who, who are, yeah, look, compare them. So um, there's a good and a great uh, and a bad guitar in every year. Mm. Definitely. And yeah. do, you, do you think that there are some, some let's say, overlooked? Uh, guitar vintage pieces that could become like a new not a new burst but but a highly sought of soft uh, sought after item that is not necessarily now on the on the map for for collectors is only when somebody is involved who makes people get attracted to these guitars um like an artist okay. uh, uh, there's always a reason mm -hmm. why a guitar is popular it's only because the guy who you always adored and you wanted to be when you were young played this guitar. Mm -hmm. And how many new bands are there? I mean, uh, for for Ibanez or, or Jackson guitars, maybe there are some some uh, new upcoming artists who play a certain style. But um, for vintage guitars, well, Jack White made uh, some guitars more famous, but it doesn't mean that they're like uh, way more expensive. Maybe mm -hmm. uh, certain models from a brand uh, became more sought after and slightly more expensive. Mm -hmm. I don't think, I think it's it's basically uh, all the models and it's that, that created this legacy and, and with a big heritage like mm -hmm. Fender Gibson and yeah. I think that Jack White is a great example because he's, to me, he's one of those wanderers between both worlds because he can mm -hmm. he can pick up a old uh, 
vintage, let's say, Den Electro or some some of those guitars. Mm. Or he can also show up on stage with a super cool EVH a Wolfgang yeah. guitar and it both is fitting his style yeah. and you know he's got his tone on that instrument he's not like he's not uh, he's not forced to or to to play just one type of guitar either vintage style or a modern style yeah. he, gets, he gets his vintage tone out of out of both uh, directions mm. so but that's his his style that yeah. the guitar actually doesn't matter <laughs> so uh, it would be the same like Kurt it's, Cobain. It's uh, all in the fuzz pedal, Simon. It's, it's all, all in, in the, the fuzz, fuzz pedal. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, when, when I came to see you, there was an Arbiter fuzz face mm -hmm. in one of the back rooms where you do the, or where at least you did the, the photographs. Mm -hmm. And I desperately wanted to plug that in and have a go, but um, time didn't allow. But I'll never forget mm -hmm. that fuzz face that I saw yeah. at the guitar point. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned earlier we talked offline about the Zach Wild uh, mm -hmm. Les Paul that you had in, and it didn't last very long. Yeah. What's the fastest a guitar has ever sold that you had in, and then was made available, and then it was gone? One minute, two minutes. It's very often. <laughs> we have a lot of customers wow. who who uh, uh, visiting the website twice or three times a day. Wow. And um, yeah. Sometimes, uh, yeah, we're really surprised, of course, how, how fast the guitars really sell. Because there's a, there's a constant demand for certain specific models, um, and they don't come in that often. I would have a huge waiting list, maybe for Les Paul Jr. or something, Fender Deluxe Reverb. They, are, they never stay more than 24 hours. Wow. And, okay. um, Wow. Um, yeah, because the uh, demand is a lot higher than availability, and that's mm. obviously when something's uh, in a good condition uh, goes online. There, I can't even post them on Instagram. Mm. But I think it's it's pretty pretty remarkable to kind of uh, or pretty important to kind of um, talk about that basic uh, basic principle that uh, those prices that you talked about that skyrocket at the moment. Mm. Um, it's it's something that is kind of a natural process because you know there are only so many guitars being built in a certain year and you know the older people get and the more we progress in time the the fewer guitars are still in good condition and that's also also the reason why not necessarily just fenders or gibsons increase in price but we also see those price increases in in um let's let's take the 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 Vi, uh the old ibanez gems from 87 which is not definitely as per definition not a vintage guitar but since yeah, they have already I'm been around a couple, a couple hundred guitars, mm. they are sought after now and also considered investments. Music Man Van Halen's, mm. uh, Ibanez Petrucci. I, I sold one. You know? yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's uh, what happened is pretty clear because you know uh, the pandemic really caused a higher demand because people uh, wanted to, uh, yeah, kind of, yeah make themselves more uh, comfortable, more happy uh, when they were at home, They're thinking about something different, uh, maybe uh, buying an instrument that they always wanted. But it's also um, the financial situation and people really um, invest in, in, in things, in goods mm -hmm. like watches, like cars, like guitars and it doesn't have to be the vintage guitars but it's also limited 
custom shop runs and uh, look how the collector's choice or the certain master build models uh, increased in price. It's crazy. It's mm. sometimes uh, uh, some of them go for like 30 or 40,000 euros for a new guitar. And mm. um, so that's, uh, that's just a situation in many different markets, not only the guitar market. Mm. Yep, agreed. Agreed. You, uh, you say that you mainly focus on the Fender and the Gibsons mm. for vintage guitars, but looking towards the future of Guitar Point and also the future of vintage guitars, the guitars that are not yet vintage, mm -hmm. do you see that expanding or will it always be Fender and Gibson or do you think like PRS and Ibanez might creep in there or what's your prediction? I think this is just just my way of doing it. There might be different uh, brands that are also interesting. I have Rickenbacker, I have Cratch guitars, I have Martins, I have... Um, so only that we focus on certain models uh, because we want to fulfill the demand of our customers doesn't mean that there are other brands which are also interesting, great builders. Guild is a great uh, brand when you look for old guitars because they they are just as good as some of the competitive Gibson models, but they're way less uh, expensive. And um, I wouldn't say it's, uh, it's just... The, general fact it's just our our uh, portfolio and um yeah there are sure surely some other brands i think you also made a point that it's about authenticity and about knowing your 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 shit mm -hmm. and um i think with widening the portfolio there also comes a requirement for adding more knowledge Absolutely, uh, you know, because there are there are so yeah. many talking about music main guitars. You got to be aware which which colors faded and how many been produced. We yeah. talk about the original gems. You got to know how the original color looks like because mm. the refinish is pretty much like with an old Gibson. If it's not the original color, it doesn't pop. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. You know, mature the same style. So um, it's 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 kind of tricky to get all that knowledge together. Is if you add absolutely, and um, I think you should have. A, a deep knowledge uh, for for what you're doing when it comes to uh, very high uh, prices, investments. Uh, people should really uh, get what they pay for, mm -hmm. and uh, so we really try to describe the guitars as exactly as we can. And sometimes it sounds more negative than it actually actually is. So when I read the description, I'm like, well. <laughs> would I buy this now? But it's such a beautiful guitar and everything's right. But I just want to make sure people, yeah, it's, it's not um, a huge text with some hidden uh, issues. Yeah. It's such a great guitar, but oh, well, there's a nice repaired headstock, right? but the guitar is so good. And um, we, we try to make it uh, yeah, accessible, pretty easy. What, what the guitar is about. Okay, that's really cool. You showed us this this nice uh, 1960. Was it 1960, Paul? Yeah, 58. Oh, 58. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, uh, what what would the price tag of that guitar be like? It's 289k. Wow, 289,000 euros. That's a house. That's actually a house. No, that is a house. <laughs> I, I you can't get even a, 
an apartment over here for this <laughs> price. <laughs> Maybe a garage oh, yeah, or something. True. <laughs> but um, uh, it would be nice if it could be a house you can imagine. <laughs> yeah. Well, it yeah, depends but, but where you're from. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's a it's an expensive uh, guitar, no yeah. question. But the last three or four bursts I had sold within one week. Uh -huh. So it's really uh, there's a market for these guitars, yeah. and um, they're hard to get. And yeah. this one has a great, uh, great uh, story in uh, in Europe. It's been in Europe for decades. Okay. And, um, so yeah, it's a nice background, and it's a it's a very good sounding. It's three point six three point six uh, kilos, so it's one of the oh. lightest. Uh, in existence, wow. I would say. Wow. I don't think there are many that are really lighter than yeah. this. Three point six so, is crazy. Actually, I wanted I wanted to pick pick it pick that up and wanted to ask you if you have like you know you have artists that, that visit Guitar Point and do you have like a, a a white list of of artists that you know have a specific request to be called when a certain guitar comes in and we're not talking I don't, about. You don't call anybody when okay. a guitar comes in okay. because. Um, Of course, sometimes I have uh, uh, like uh, uh, regular customers who, who returning customers who uh, ask uh, for, for a certain model, like a, maybe Sunburst, Les Paul. But usually I try to make the instruments accessible for everybody mm -hmm. um, because it's, it's important to have uh, the first customer for mm -hmm. a guitar like this as well. Mm -hmm. um, so um, when we upload a guitar, we, they're usually available. And it's not really uh, a lot of artists. Of course, I think every like, like German guitar player from, from the bigger bands is our customer, some of international artists as well. But um, it was never my intention to name drop or um, use to make us Uh, yeah, more popular. To me, it's um, I want to sell nice guitars. Mm. So the guitars should be um, our advertisement. Mm -hmm. The guitars we have, the authentication of the guitars, and um, yeah, that we make them uh, accessible for people, that we find them mm. and we offer them. But I like that. It's extremely honorable to uh, to make it accessible to everybody. Okay. Yeah, uh, it's it would be very easy to have uh, an exclusive club, but um, yeah. it's nice sure. to know that uh, yeah. you're making it open for everybody. That, that's yeah. very cool. Um, yeah, um, a question from for like if someone were not were to not go to Guitar Point mm -hmm. and not buy something from you, but were looking at something on say Reverb or, or eBay or, or their local classifieds. Mm -hmm. Um, what is your instant walkaway advice? Like if someone goes to look at something, what is something you would spot that you would instantly walk away? Um, personally, I feel, usually I would say I feel if a neck, for example, is refinished within one second. If I touch the guitar, I know. But that's not, that's me. Um, mm. That's my job. But um If you're looking for to purchase a guitar online, um, and for example, the seller doesn't provide high quality 
detailed pictures. Um, and it happens quite often. I always wonder what phones people have. I mean, even the <laughs> iPhone from three years ago makes incredibly good pictures. And sometimes I get pictures, uh, it looks like a, like a Nokia phone or something like that. <laughs> but um, yeah, always ask uh, for, for detailed pictures. I don't recommend buy a guitar, a vintage guitar online when you when you don't know about vintage guitars mm. because um, chances that you are get screwed are high, mm-hmm. especially when it's not in your country and um, people import guitars from the United States. And well, I don't know. I mean, uh, um, you should, yeah, you should do your homework. It depends on the certain model. There are different um, um, areas and different parts of certain models that have to be have to be looked after. It depends on the year. It depends on what what I want to see when I look at a guitar. Hmm. So I, I'm looking for certain spots, and um, yeah, sometimes you even get a feel when you look at the guitar and you open the like a strat pickup for the first time and you look at it and sometimes they just look so right that you uh yeah, that you already know it's good. Mm. Yeah, you have to look at the pickups, like strat pickups, you have to look at the calls, um uh like rewound pickups are very often uh um, a problem that people just don't see. And mm-hmm. Even if the sellers, some of the sellers or most of the sellers don't even know that uh, there's something wrong with the guitar. So it's not always a criminal intention. It's all also uh, even mm. uh, the first owners can't remember that they had some work done 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're surprised when, yeah. when you tell them, oh, yeah, well, there was something. Uh, the wives know usually because they paid for it. but i mean that's pretty common because back in the day those instruments were tools for the musicians so if they had to fix something just to make music they would just get it done yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. i think it's very valuable advice to to make sure that i mean not even you would buy a vintage guitar just online usually you take you you know you you accept those hour-long drives to meet sellers to kind of be able to inspect i buy a lot of guitars online Oh, you do? Um, okay. Based on pictures, but I never pay before I didn't inspect it. There you go. And that's the that's what yeah. the usual consumer so, um, can't do. You know, they yeah, ask course, for PayPal. Or... Yeah, yeah, of course. So I, yeah, and even if they would inspect it, they wouldn't wouldn't really know because they might be not experts. Hmm. And um, uh, yeah, so I, I get a lot of nowadays, of course, um, shipping is easy. And I buy guitars uh, from across uh, yeah, all, all over Europe, actually. So based on pictures, detailed pictures. And yeah, usually I don't return a lot. Some, of course, because I didn't uh, expect uh, things that I've seen. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, usually um, pictures, yeah, colors are difficult. Um, mm-hmm. If it's a refin, uh, pictures maybe don't really uh, tell but um yeah i'm I'm in a good position that i can check the guitars in the shop then or travel there and check them yeah 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 
Simon, what's the um the best way, in your opinion, to to send a guitar? So you must receive and send guitars of extreme worth all the time. Mm-hmm. What's the best way to package a guitar? Because I've I've received guitars that were not that worth that much, but it was just put in a case yeah. and then a postage label <laughs> stuck on the case. I, I received a '59 Les Paul Custom um, from Northern Europe, and it was like a 60k guitar, something like that. And he just put it the case in the box and shipped it. And um, I opened it and I was so upset that I immediately called him and uh, was like, what did you do? You know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And uh, yeah, he wasn't even aware that it was a bad mistake. I don't know. No, uh, uh, some guitars are like a Strat or Tele, nothing happens. What should happen? I mean, they're undestroyable, actually, unless something huge happens. Um, but Les Paul, SG, especially SGs because of the reconstruction, um, when we ship the guitars, we um, unscrew the machine heads and we put them in the case. So the customer has to do a little bit of work um, because this is uh, definitely um, very helpful to avoid headstock cracks. Like Firebirds are the worst, nice made because, because they have like very heavy machine heads and and yeah, we, we unmount them and put them in the case. Um, you have to loosen the strings with the Gibson guitars to lower the tension on the headstock. You have to make sure that loose parts are wrapped um, separately, um, for example, with arch tops, with floating bridges. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so uh, we ship a lot of guitars and a lot of high price guitars. Uh, I gotta say that um, uh, all the very high priced guitars are usually shipped by um, not by UPS, you know, so we have a different logistics partner. UPS is pretty reliable, actually. So okay. I, I, it's a yeah, we exclusively ship everything else with UPS. Okay. And um, we, we have very, very, very few damages. So it's uh, you have to use proper material, good case, and um, yeah, just to to make sure to use uh, as much uh, packing professional packing material as possible. Don't mm-hmm. use the plastic stuff on the surface of the guitar because that leaves um, uh, the bubble imprints on the lacquer, which is not removable sometimes, especially when it's hot. Oh, That's okay. a bad mistake people make, and even professional dealers. Um, so, do you mean do you mean wrapping a guitar in bubble wrap? Yeah, that's, that... you shouldn't do that. It's like paper on the guitar. No, no plastic bubble wrap okay. on the lacquer. That's that's important. Sometimes, really, there are the bubbles uh, um, react with the lacquer, and if it stays somewhere like for three, four, five days. And it's like thirty degrees outside. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. they they marry. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, very good point. Yeah. Also, I, I'd assume that any any kind of newspapers with with the ink that that they that's also something yeah. that could react if it's possible. Uh, I mean, usually the the vintage lacquer people ask me a lot how they clean the guitar when they survived. 50 years yeah uh, you won't be the guy who harmed the lacquer because they're, <laughs> they're, 
they're not really uh um it's it's not a big deal usually also yeah. humidity and uh, yeah. it doesn't matter to me because they they went through everything yeah. you know they're they're dry one 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 important question that is often overlooked mm. how how would you recommend um placing or, or um holding a vintage guitar uh, is it ideally i mean ideally you should keep it in case of course but if you really want to no. gig with it if you want to if you want to play it how would you how would you put it with wall hangers or yeah, stands or what's the best way guitar stands are a bad idea when you have children but i think it's or cats or lions i don't know but um i put all my personal guitars and i own some vintage guitars too on wall hangers and i i think guitars and cases are of course if you if you have them as an investment and you want to store them away you you should do that um but i had a lot of guitars that i bought that stayed their whole life in the case and they were terrible mm -hmm. they they had um uh, terrible necks they had um back bows especially and um, put it put them somewhere where you can see them because they're beautiful mm -hmm. they're mm -hmm. so beautiful i mean you know that guys look at the wall look at your guitars you're like oh man i love this i have yeah. to pick it up and play it and that's that's that makes you playing them yeah. and um so if you have a safe environment like guitar stands i have them in the shop also on the walls and uh, even okay. the 58 uh, Les Paul is in the guitar stand and there's no special um, yeah like like thing like cork or something on the on the stand it sits right there because nothing happens yeah. <laughs> I mean treat them with respect don't get yeah. me wrong um, yeah, yeah, they are, yeah. uh, we have to take care of the guitars yeah. um, uh, sure. absolutely but it's absolutely okay to display them Yeah, yeah. and and look at them i really like to hear that from a from a uh acclaimed uh, vintage expert that uh mm. you know you shouldn't kind of overthink sometimes you know treat them with respect no. because no. You know, even, even with with regular poly poly guitars where is it this way yeah you know you get requests okay can i use can i use any guitar stand or will the mm. lacquer kind of be affected by it if, if it's not nitro proof and Yeah, but but you you've seen the, the like especially the Gibson custom shop guitars with the Arkley imprints from from some of the stands, mm -hmm. and you really don't want to have that. And uh, you don't see that on vintage lacquer because it's totally different lacquer. Mm -hmm. It's also called nitro, but it's just not the same. And um, there, there, I know some of a lot of uh, custom shop guitars with these issues, and uh, so this is something i would personally avoid as well of course yeah. mm. and there are some guitars that i don't display in the shop if they are like yeah like collectors guitars like certain custom shop models for example which are built for collectors mm -hmm. why should you play a 20k uh, uh, reissue or of a certain artist model you, you 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 usually don't do that yeah. and you Uh, display it or just enjoy it a different way hmm. and i don't want anybody to destroy the guitar before i sold them <laughs> of course yeah. not yeah but 
I I think that's a great way to end the show. Yeah. Just displaying the guitars, appreciating the guitars, and I love the way that you're looking at these things as not just investments. In fact, more so as a playing instrument yeah. and something that should be used to make music rather than just please uh, a doctor or a dentist. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I I felt like Dan and I have drowned you in questions. That I don't think we've. I think this is the most questions we've ever asked a guest before. But. Um, just everything you say is so interesting and there's a little bit of myth busting in there mm -hmm. as well and certainly it's very clear that you know what you're talking about and i i hope you've enjoyed yourself and yeah. i hope this has served as a good uh promotion for guitar point mm -hmm. as well because uh i know that anyone watching or listening will now think damn that guy knows what he's talking <laughs> about um so yeah simon thank you so so much for joining yeah, us. yeah uh, thanks for having me again and uh yeah time for a glass of wine now <laughs> uh, just one last question how many how many plane tickets have you bought for guitars oh a lot yeah oh. yeah so uh i think uh yeah the pandemic miles uh program made me a senator so <laughs> it's okay <laughs> all right <laughs> yeah all right Okay, so if you want to catch anything that we've been talking about in this show, then you can go to guitarpoint.com and you'll see all the wonderful guitars that last about a minute or two. So be quick. Um, Dan, will you please ask people to rate the show on iTunes? Absolutely. Thank you. If you enjoyed this show, you want to make sure that we have more guests and more informative episodes, make sure to give us a five-star rating on iTunes or give us a episode review on Spotify because this will help us to get more exposure and be able to invite guests like the wonderful Simon to, show, uh, to share their knowledge with us in further episodes. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks. All right, Simon, enjoy your glass of wine. Uh, I'm going to go and watch Snowpiercer. <laughs> you know, in the beginning of the show, um, I had a delay like three times. It was like... <laughs> but it went better, yeah. Awesome. awesome. Good. It must have been the space echo. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> it's my fault. All right. All right, All right. Well, thank you to the See people you. who watched live in the chat. Thank you if you're listening to the audio version. Um, do all the things you need to do with the social media, and we will see you very soon on the Guitar Stories podcast. Bye, Bye everybody. Bye.